0: so in
1: in the most surprising news about this whole thing Uh and which is some of the things i said last night when i said that i had words right i think that i saw this movie once as a very young child and that's been it so i had other than um like i i knew obviously i knew some scenes and i knew some songs from friends of mine who were in musicals but no I don't want to say production company, but like my school didn't do it. The community theater that I was in didn't do it. The Catholic right. high school did, but I obviously didn't go there. Right. Um. So I was never in Little Shop of Horrors. Um. One of the adjacent towns did it, and some friends that I was uh, hanging out with sure uh, kept singing the songs. So I knew a bunch of the songs. I knew like the story because right. who the fuck does who doesn't. It. Um, but I don't think I had actually ever sat down and watched the movie start I am, to end until I, last night. I
0: think you lose gay
1: points. For that. I, that's why I was like, <laughs> I have words. <laughs> Movie. It is, like like I said, my third favorite movie right? ever. And, like, I have questions about Audrey. Not Audrey 2. The first one, right. Audrey. Because I'm like... Little Miss Battered Wife Syndrome, yes. Uh, ignoring that part. Like, just <laughs> glossing over it for a minute. I'm like, oh, she's talking like this. She kind of has a lisp. I'm like, that's kind of cute. It is. And then she sings, and I'm like, where is that coming right? from? <laughs>
0: right! Right! <laughs> Okay, so Ellen Green and I know that we're, this is all of our pre-stuff, but Ellen Green is actually the woman who originated the role in the off-Broadway production. Oh. So they brought her in because they couldn't get Cindy Lauper. They wanted Cindy Lauper to play Audrey, and that would be so amazing.
1: <laughs> but that, I would have been amazing. that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but
1: don't get me wrong.
0: The girl that did it was
1: incredible. <laughs> but cindy lopper
0: like yeah ellen, ellen green who has been also been in some other really cool shit like uh, pushing daisies okay yeah uh, she played one of the aunts
1: oh all right yeah
0: with their weird cheese pie uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah no this is uh little shop is a classic I, I oh really, absolutely like i was never debating that classic so, are we ready to go?
1: I think so. <laughs> oh, fuck, I have to think of an opening.
0: Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, kids, it's Candy coated and razor blades. I'm your host, Bob, and I'm also a mean green mother from outer space. And here's my co-host, RC. Please introduce yourself.
1: God, I didn't choose that one, but that is <laughs> way better than the one that I have. Hi, everyone, I'm RC, and I also alternate between kind of gross street urchin and weird awesome amazing singer i well those depends on the scene those outfits were amazing every one of them all with like perfectly matching eye makeup like it's more flawless than anything i've ever done i know (laughs) uh i see anything below the
0: nose when i do drag flawless anything above the nose is hit or miss (laughs) i might i might have fantastic looking eye makeup one day i might not i can't do a smoky eye for shit don't ask for it i do end up with like with like jessica rabbit below the nose but fucking divine above it's (laughs) it's nuts we are talking little shop of horrors today and the reason we're doing this now is because alex is no longer with us and won't sing through the entire episode
1: i want to but i can't sing for more than a few words right now it's fine i get it and then i'll start coughing
0: i mean because i I would love to have just a whole whole full musical (laughs) episode on this one and i like andy would love to do that but i just i can't can't what are you doing why oh you're harassing podcast got it
1: Podcat was harassing my bag, and I'd like to not be allergic (laughs) to my own bag. There is that.
0: (laughs) There is that. So anyway, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the 1986 version, not the 1960 version, uh, which is Roger Corman. But this one is uh, directed by Frank Oz. You all know him from The Muppets. He was the voice of Fozzie, Cookie Monster, Grover, and Miss Piggy. Uh, The screenplay was Howard Ashman, who was the lyricist for The Little Mermaid Aladdin Beauty and the Beast uh, and the music was Alan Menken uh, who wrote the music for all of those things for Disney as well uh, those two also did the stage play oh yeah. yeah so they were they proposed this to Geffen, Geffen already had Cyndi Lauper like signed to a music contract they're like can we get her to play Audrey <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing but no they did not get her <sighs> we love you Cyndi you should do it if they ever remake it, Cindy, you're on the oh, wait, I mean, maybe not. You still look fantastic. You could do it.
1: Anyway. I feel like she should be the first sad lady that sings Skid Row. Right. Like, just just a total cameo. Like, that's it. Yeah. And then just move on. Just like right? as trivia. Yeah, I know. I
0: know. It would be amazing. Uh, so, it's starring Rick Moranis uh, as Seymour. Uh, God,
1: I miss Rick Moranis. Right. He, I mean, he just retired. And that's fine. I know. Like, but, I, get, I get why, because it's to deal with his wife, who's yeah. chronically ill, right? Right, right. Uh, so, yeah. uh, Honey, I
0: Shark the Kids, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, and Strange Brew, if you ever caught the McKenzie Brothers from... Um, oh, SCTV.
1: Oh, hi, Frito.
0: Um, Ellen Green, who plays Audrey. Audrey has a last name, by the way, kids. Oh! It's Folcard. Hmm. At least in the 60s version. It was Audrey Folkard. Uh, she, uh, Ellen Green is... Uh, known from uh, other this is what she's known for right really but she was in talk radio pump up the volume pushing daisies
1: uh Levi Stubbs stubs from the four tops was audrey too with the plant uh vincent like, Gar- he's one of those people who right. um his immediate recognition of the voice uh-huh. but if you tell me the name i'd be like uh, right. i don't know but then like you hear audrey to talk and it's like oh, oh yeah yeah that guy <laughs>
0: Uh, Vincent Gardenia played Mr. Mushnick. He's uh, known from Moonstruck, Bang the Drum Slowly, and having Can Wait. Steve Martin, if you don't
1: know who Steve Martin is, please leave the rock that you're living under. I will say <laughs> that even though, like, had I not seen that it, it's special appearance right. um, that shows up at the beginning of the movie, I still would have known it was him. But it was still a shock to see him with not white hair. Right.
0: Having him have that black, like it looked great. He
1: could probably get it, but I was like, "This is unusual."
0: Frankly, he's not normally my type, but he could still get it. Amy, he's he's still handsome even today. He could totally hit it. Um, have you you ever seen a picture of him in high school? Yes. The man does not age. He just stopped at high school and just got a few wrinkles,
1: and then his hair turned white. Right, like that's it. That's it it's nuts. like one day we will find the painting that's aging for him
0: right but (laughs) (laughs) it'll have that roxanne nose it'll be fine (laughs) um but he's he's best known from saturday night live in the 70s and 80s uh roxanne remake of the father of the bride house sitter the pink panther um our our greek chorus tishina arnold michelle weeks and tisha campbell Uh, all incredible right Crystal Ronette and Chiffon make this movie. They really do. 100%. Uh, Tashina Campbell is best known from Big Mama's House, Martin and Wild Hogs. Uh, Michelle is only known from this and a movie called Norman's Corner. Um, but she's a singer primarily. Okay. Uh, Tisha is also from Martin. Um, uh, playing. She's famously for playing uh, Martin Lawrence's wife in the show and leaving the show because of sexual harassment. But uh, she was in another 48 hours house party. Um bunch of other stuff she also has a music career too she's Mm -hmm. an amazing singer um lots and lots of fucking cameos in this film uh jim belushi john candy
1: bill murray bill murray bill murray and steve martin were gonna fuck in that (gasps) scene they were
0: (laughs) (laughs) we will go over that in a bit
1: i have a lot of trivia
0: about this because like i said third favorite movie
1: i so some of these cameos because we have printouts um one of them I well uh two of them I would not be able to pick out who they are. Really? Um yes. Uh Christopher Guest. He was the guy that first saw Audrey. He's the guy that just popped into the shop and said, I saw that wonderful woman. Oh, boy. okay. Yeah. Um Jim Henson's
0: daughter. She was the girl, I believe, with the braces.
1: Oh with the head. The gear. horrifying yeah. braces. Okay. <laughs> um and and Professor Sprout, I obviously would know who that would look like, but I don't I can't place her she, in the movie.
0: She was Scrivello's nurse. Sc- the dentist.
1: Oh. She was the nurse, yeah. I don't huh. know. I, I don't know.
0: I'm on my break.
1: Yeah, that's her. That's
0: Professor huh. Sprout.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Right. The 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 three like big ones at the front, Belushi, Candy, and Murray. Obviously, right. I was like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. "Well, I this is I think I'm going to have to look, but I think this was her big US break." Miriam Margulies. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she, I mean, she'd already been doing stuff in, in Britain. The UK, yeah. But I think this was her first big US, boom, US Interesting. movie. Interesting. So, uh, and then a goddamn army of fucking puppeteers, uh, including Jim's son, Brian, and a budget of $25 million. I'm shocked at that. Shocked. because I mean, of all did the you practicals. see
1: Audrey too? Like, oh, no, 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 no. no. Jesus. I mean,
0: 1986 money. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm thinking of it now going 25 oh. million
1: is not that big. Yeah. Budget. No. <laughs> but it 1986 money. Yes, but was bigger than 25. Fuck. Million. Oh, shit. <laughs> but no, this, Now I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you that
0: one more time, third favorite movie ever. I wanted to do this play in high school. I know when I came back from Hawaii, because I had to go back for another year of high school, the town next to us did Little Shop of Horrors. And I was
1: helping one of my friends rehearse for it. I'm like,
0: why do I, why do I not go to your school?
1: Um, Real quick, mostly unrelated thing that I find funny. Yeah. I type in IMDB in my phone. Uh huh. The top thing that comes up right now mm-hmm. is Scott Shermer. <laughs> Hi, Scott.
0: Hi, Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hilarious.
0: But uh, no, I mean, I, my husband was ready to kill me, I'm sure. But I was watching this the other night, just singing along loud as can be. He's like, I love you. And he Stop. I mean, I'm not a bad singer. I'm not a great singer, but I'm not a bad singer. Uh, and I have actually performed Mean Green Mother from Outer Space live. Nice. In a drag show <laughs> is like in this big drag plant suit. Uh, I will I maybe if I can get it because I lost all the pictures on my phone when I moved to the S10. Oh. Piss me off. Fair. Um, but I,
1: I if I can get it, I'll I'll share it on the page and I'll show you that outfit because it's kind of amazing. But uh we ready for plot? I think so. I'm trying to find this thing and I keep coming across like random fun facts about clonta guys that I said that we didn't <laughs> talk about. Couple I... of couple of real quick interjections. <laughs> One, the 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 main girl, uh, mm-hmm. uh Emma yeah uh from cincinnati ohio nice moderately interesting there you go uh two the top review on imdb the title of it is ignore the reviews by mental midgets and that's <laughs> 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 i just needed to say that go Ooh. on with the movie that we're actually talking mental about <laughs> little people thank you <laughs> i just read what it said <laughs> all right so little
0: shop, little... anyway i'm uh, not singing not singing uh, our movie takes place in the early 1960s, even though our narrator tells us that it's in a decade not too long before our own, but you can tell through the fashion, it's late 50s, early 60s, uh, but we're trying to maintain a sense of timelessness. Our Greek chorus, Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon, introduced the movie uh, via song, via the, the title song, uh, warning us that danger is coming, but they don't tell us what. Bitches. Fucking rude. We need context. Context warns a bitch. Um, Seymour and Audrey work at Mr. Mushnick's flower shop in Skid Row, a generic, super poor New York neighborhood. Uh, in the song Downtown, they, along with the entire block, lament not being able to escape. Mushnick, who's basically Seymour's adopted father, but not really, feels the pinch too, because he, an- entirely out of character, wants to close the shop early since there are no customers. Uh, in an effort to save the shop, Audrey suggests that Seymour bring up his new plant, an undiscovered breed of flytrap, which he's named Audrey 2 and bought from a Chinese flower shop during a solar eclipse. The song Dadu, which is totally funny. You guys, if you've been listening to the, the podcast, we've done Dadu. Um, I of, haven't. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I'm sorry. We'll, we'll we'll make an opportunity for you to do Dadu. It'll be great. Um Mushnik is skeptical, but in a fucking heartbeat, it draws in new customers. Uh, When they close for the day, after all this big rush, uh, Mushnik offers to buy them dinner, a treat for sure, but Audrey has a date with a a Uh, not-such-a-very-nice-boy. Understatement
1: of the goddamn decade. Right.
0: Uh, And Audrey, too, is wilting. Um, Mushnik wants that plant well, and he wants it well now, so Seamork is... is, is, Seamork. Seymour is stuck at home for the night. During the course of caring for the plant, uh, he discovers that the little fucking vampire weed needs human blood to thrive. In the song "Grow for Me," all right, let's unpack that beginning because <clears throat> that "Downtown." I mean, uh, "Little Shop of Horrors" is an amazing song and it's a fucking t- pop, right?
1: It's but toward. then but then downtown, "Downtown" just hits you in the heart oh downtown is one of those songs that especially if you watch it in a movie or i imagine even way way more so like seeing it live on and or off broadway Mm -hmm. um like anyone who grew up not super rich which is the vast majority of people is just like
0: fuck yeah!" oh I, i was 12 13 when this movie came out and i saw it when did this movie come out 1986 okay (laughs) you had not been born yet nope
1: (laughs) not for a couple years
0: yeah i was 13 and i saw it in the theater many many times because it was that good it hit me that hard Mm -hmm. um but that song every time just that opening note alarm goes off at seven just it hits you yes just it's it's wonderful it is the best thing. And it's the saddest song. It's the saddest song. Because they're they're all just lamenting the shit that they have to put up with on a daily basis. And the fact that they have to cater to rich people and then come home to bullshit.
1: Yeah. It's fucking wonderful. And that it's not going to change. Oh,
0: no, it's not. And <laughs> and your, your two main characters. This is kind of like in a standard Disney sense. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly after, with the Renaissance when Howard Ashman and, and Alan Mencken were writing the songs for Disney. Um, you've got this, this opening where it's just, it's a pity party. <laughs> it really is. Yep. Uh, and it's a standard in, in musicals. You you have to give that sense of pathos, you know, so that you
1: can root for them to get themselves out of that situation. And they do eventually. And then and in a, much more like base way to make it more real. Right. Oh, exactly. Because, and especially in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. On a, in a
0: stage play, you expect things to be a little more fantastic. Um, and I have seen this on stage mm-hmm. I, when they toured, I think it was 10 years ago when they toured with the, the actual Broadway production, because they brought it back to Broadway with the Jim Henson puppets. They Ooh. toured.
1: Oh my God. They were fucking amazing. I bet that was amazing. They were <laughs> fucking
0: amazing. um, Oh shit um, The special effects in that show Were just awesome um, I don't even remember Where we were But you, you have that sense of the fantastic You have that sense right. of This is definitely not realistic And it's okay that it's not realistic You're not expecting realistic You're expecting something With singing and dancing Because yes. people don't burst into song For no fucking reason That's Musicals work on 100% their true. <laughs> I mean, they do, but you don't end up with, like, you know, spontaneous
1: flash mobs. You actually okay. have to
0: plan flash mobs. So this
1: <laughs> this is a discussion that um, a group of friends and I uh, regularly got in with our, at the time, director for the musicals that we were in every summer. Yeah. Uh, it was a community theater, So, um, but it was, like, one of very, very few up near where I was. Yeah. Um. So there would be people from, like... 30 45 minutes away yeah. who would just drive there to be in the musicals um and and despite the fact that he directed the uh, teen theater every summer mm-hmm. he hated musicals he's like I don't get it I don't get their appeal yeah um he was a very competent director mm-hmm. um like everything with that was fine like his distaste of musicals didn't detract from him being a director yeah, yeah. um but we were just talking about one day he's like this just doesn't happen. And then my friends and I mm-hmm. all were like, we just performed the opening of footloose in a Walmart <laughs> because, because we were bored and it came on the radio. Like yeah. it literally does happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it does. But I mean, that's it's kind much of... more
1: limited than, it it, is. than it's displayed. Right. But there's also a giant talking goddamn plant. Yeah. So, Maybe people singing and right. dancing spontaneously isn't where you draw that line.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, no, it, but it the thing with musicals is musicals... Primarily.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there are exceptions. A lot of the Sondheim stuff tends to be a little on the somber side. But yeah. if, we're, if we're going back to like Rodgers and Hammerstein and things like that, musicals tend to be the happy bouncy. Generally, yeah. A- and this is... Skirting that line because you're literally taking so, a horror concept, yeah, and turning it into a a actually. I mean, when you're dealing with you know the the actual subject, you're you're dealing with kind of a a middle of the road emotionally, yeah, musical, you know, it, because you are dealing with um the people that are happy, and you're dealing with you know. You know things of that nature, like with the suddenly Seymour later and the right. songs and the big ballads, and um, but you're also dealing with people that are evil, and yes. you're dealing with with drug use, drug use, and uh, oh God, drug use, and spousal abuse, uh, you know, domestic abuse, uh, which we'll
1: get into later. <laughs> Sadomasochism, right? Uh, I was just handcuffed a little. <laughs> Not the part I was talking about. I was talking no. about Bill Murray, but right. Well, still. But um, oh the Bill Murray part, we'll get into that. We definitely will because yeah. there's
0: a lot of trivia about that one. Um but I like the fact that they went from this and took these concepts of, of being giving a range of emotion yeah. with music through the show, whereas before it was, like I said, primarily happy bouncing. Where it's dancing. more a
1: flat line. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like you pick a mood and you stay with it. Right. So, but I I love and this the is factory. like a little shop where it's like things are gonna get kind of fucked up, but this is dancy and fun. Look right. at it, and then Skid Row and downtown. And it's like oh oh fuck me downtown. Just...
0: <laughs> It'll bring you down. It really will. But it's it's it gives me tingles.
1: Yeah, every it's not, time it brings you down, but not in a negative way. Yeah,
0: it's just setting the scene.
1: Yeah, is what it is.
0: You know where where we've got our warning of danger, and now we've got. This is what they're doing now. This is the baseline where we're going from, and it can go either way. It can go up or down. You know, things could get real shitty real quick, or things can get better, right? So that and that's totally Mm -hmm. what I appreciate appreciate about that. But then, then we start dealing with Mushnick, and you know, oh, I'm done. I'm closing. We're done. We're closing up shop. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And then, you know, Audrey's like, "Oh my God, bring in your plane. It's so cute. Oh my God,
1: and it is." that little, plant. little tiny little baby one oh, is like, super cute.
0: I found a model. Oh, I no. want to get one. Well, like in the little Maxwell house can that you can oh, paint. Oh, I
1: want it. because <laughs> Silk flowers.
0: I have like a, a, a scale model downstairs of the full size Audrey too, but I
1: think you had it up here once. Oh, no, no, no. I, I feel I, like I've seen it.
0: I had the, um, I had the plush ah. up here, but okay. then downstairs I have the one in the, the, the clay pot and, mm-hmm. uh, Oh I love this movie. Um and I'd actually been looking for a plush of Audrey 2 for over a decade. <laughs> oh my god, thank you, Hot Topic. <laughs> but you know, he brings up in this little Maxwell House can like the old style right? metal yeah. coffee container. And it's this adorable little bud. Just surrounded by a little fringe of of leaves and
1: um, no no vines yet. Just that are kind of yeah. like a weird iridescent purple. Yeah. The yeah. color it's is it's pinkish. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like really it, neat. It's almost flesh like. Yes. Almost. And then he Which gets- I'm certain was unintentional. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and
0: it was also a puppet. Oh yeah. Uh, every version of of the Audrey Two is a puppet in the show. There are some scenes like at the end of grow for me, when you, when you see Audrey two growing mm-hmm. because Seymour's figured out here, have some blood. Right. Uh, so when it grows and it pops out of that Maxwell house can, that was still puppeteered, but it was shot. Stop motion style. So it looks like it's claymation, but it's not, it's actually just stop motion of the puppet makes sense so that they could get that to look. You know, like he's growing and right. and bursting out of that can, but just amazing. Just uh, the special effects in this movie are—they've uh, always blown me away, and they yeah. hold up. Other than some of the blue screen stuff,
1: which there's only a, a little bit of that. Like, yeah. um, like, like the, the one that stuck out for me was was Oren riding his motorcycle. Oren riding his motorcycle
0: at the end with the explosion, and, yeah, and this growing scene at the end of Grow for me, you can kind of tell that it's a little you know green screen i noticed motion-y. that one less yeah the stop
1: motion yeah, yeah green screen less so
0: yeah but still just absolutely blows away yeah. every time and grow for me is just it's this big
1: hopeful song and then it gets but with that like this dark like, edge to yeah. it yeah well it's kind of hopeful with like this this layer of like desperation bedrock under mm-hmm. the hope where it's like yep. yeah if if this doesn't work I lose my job and also my house because I live in the store. Right. like
0: <laughs> it's, it's like this twisted under the sea, not under the sea. Um, this twisted uh, shit. The little song from the Little Mermaid. Uh, part of your world. Oh, okay. It's like this twisted part of your world. She has this hope and this yearning. And yes. Please let this happen. But then, oh, you need blood. Fuck me! <laughs> because I happen to pick up roses. Right. Because you work in a flower shop. Right. But yeah. Oh my god. All right. Let's let's move let's move forward. Because yep. seriously, I can babble about this movie for, for hours.
1: Yeah, we um, still have two pages. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> as Audrey True. Uh, yeah, true. As Audrey Two grows in popularity, uh, I don't. He he actually calls the plant Tui. It doesn't show up a lot, but it's hmm. it, it's a nickname that yeah. d- that just kind of gets used. Uh, mostly when it's small. Um, but as Audrey 2 grows in popularity, Seymour's making radio appearances, getting a ton of press. Audrey missed the broadcast. Uh, that was with John, uh, John Candy. Right. Um, missed the broadcast because she was handcuffed a little by her sadistic boyfriend, Oren. She's sporting a hell of a shiner, uh, and the three girls, our chorus, in street clothes who, who, were, who were on the split shift at school. They hit eighth grade, then they split. Um suggests that she should dump his abusive ass and hook up with Seymour. Seymour's a nice guy. She could do a lot worse and did. Yep. Um Audrey though doesn't think she deserves a nice guy like him. Despite her outward rejection of him, you know, the friend zone as the incels like to call it, um she does actually hold a soft spot for our lovable botany nerd and dreams of a future with him in the burbs in in the song somewhere that's green, which is wonderful. It's it, that there's your part of your world. Right there. I don't like
1: world. that song. Really? Why? Of any song in this movie. Why? I don't like that one. I don't know. I think I think it's a series of things. Um I don't like uh A I generally don't like mid-century modern anything, and this is mid-century modern the song.
0: Oh really? I I love it.
1: But yeah, that's um, a thing. I first encountered this song because I'm a baby and I'm kind of not always as educated as i'd like to be mm-hmm. i first encountered the song in family guy oh god, so there's two things. Oh, god. <laughs> oh no um and the the line that sticks with me that just bothers the shit out of me the most mm-hmm. and this is purely personal neuroses sure. and nothing beyond that is when she talks about how happy she is in in this hypothetical that she's building yeah um, that all the, the the furniture is covered in plastic, and I'm like, why? I hate it. I know. I have hated that trend always. Well, well the thing I under—I get why I she's happy because she's not being fucking beaten by a dentist, right? Like, and that's cool. Be as hopeful as you want about that, but right. furniture plastic, draw lines, girl. Well, I th- oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, furniture
0: plastic. I think that's our episode title. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But no, I, I understand. I mean, and maybe it's coming from people that were actually very much more involved in that decade. Um, I understand that that was just a thing. You have yeah. your you have your possessions and you protect them. Yes, because they were coming from the war, right? And they were coming from the depression, and they were coming from these times where every little thing is sacred, right? So plastic on the furniture because you can re- replace it, right? You can replace the plastic. Right, you can't replace the couch. It's yeah. a money thing. It's it's very much a, I'm oh, hitting my microphone. I'm going to protect the things that I'm right. now able to buy.
1: I I understand the so. reasoning behind yeah.
0: it. I just right.
1: it makes things feel sterile and yeah. detached in a way that just bothers me. It does, like, but
0: that 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 time was was yeah. sterile and
1: detached, right? You know, I, because I, it kind of had to be. It did. It really did. Um, Because
0: again, they're coming back from the war effort, Mm -hmm. you know, in that case. And and we're still, you know, a decade or two out in this case, you know, 15 years from the war, but you've still got that mentality of, um, you know, everything must be nice and we're going to keep up with the Joneses and this is, and this is how we're going to keep things nice. Right. You know, I don't care if it's uncomfortable. You're not meant to sit on it anyway. That's why kids sit on the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, kids aren't allowed on the couch. Adults are you know, that sort of thing. So, um, I appreciated that line. I, I hate plastic on the furniture too. I really do. But yeah, you know, I, I appreciated the thought and sure. hair that went into those lyrics.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, like it fits Yeah. thematically, especially with the time. Like I get oh, it. Totally. I just, I don't know if I had to choose like my least favorite song, from the whole thing it would be somewhere that's green right right but i mean just the ideas and the visuals that
0: went along with that most of her in the donna reed dress and that for micah
1: kitchen that all was amazing it was wonderful i would i would murder myself before i had that kitchen yeah but i I like i'm like like, oh it's all it like as a scene it's very pretty and i'm like this is fucking adorable,
0: right. And her just imagining, yeah, this lovely life with seymour, who's who's mowing the lawn, and he's which is come- weird
1: because it's Astroturf, right. <laughs> But you gloss know, over that for a minute right she you know she's <laughs> she uh, i guess he would have the garden in that case
0: but they've got the little garden out front and the picket fence and the garden uh, right. and the yard and you know bedtime's 9 15 and the kids are perfect and they share right. a room and howdy doody and the whole thing oh it's just wonderful it's wonderful it it made me happy for her and then
1: sad yeah because she doesn't have it because then the the like you, that's one thing that i do really like about the somewhere that's green Mm-hmm. Sequence not as much as the song. Yeah, is in her imagining of it. Like everything is very brightly lit and mm-hmm. it's pastels and like everything is like clean and pristine right. and nice. And then it just kind of fades back into where she is now and into I'm like,
0: her little dingy apartment in Skid Row. Mm. Oh, it's it it's, <laughs> it I,
1: it's
0: yeah. just It get a little misty. A start contrast. You get a little I'm misty. Like, yeah. Um. But in the meantime. Seymour is exhausted from the whirlwind of fame and being used as a personal shake machine, uh, as uh, seen in the song Some Fun Now, uh, which is totally a bop. (laughs) I love that song. Yeah. Some Fun Now, hot damn. Oh, I love it. Wow. Uh, The bitch, he was already real pale. You're not helping Audrey, too. Yeah. Uh, Seymour tries to ask Audrey out, but again, she has a date with Oren, who's revealed to be a dentist via the song Dentist. Which is a hell of a lot of fun.
1: It is. It really is. Oh, that's
0: such a fun song. Um, But after that, Seymour closing up the shop, discovers that Audrey too can talk. Because, you know, uh, the giant plant fucking talks. And he's hungry. Must be blood. Must be fresh. Uh, This is where we make our Faustian bargain in the song Feed Me, Uh, Get It. Uh, That's the whole title is Feed Me, Get It um and again bop it's a yeah. wonderful song and levi stubbs just kind of he has that that power but he's also kind of oozing his way into seymour's
1: brain right it's it's a really interesting thing because levi in this song it's it's hard to explain with with english words mm-hmm. um like body language is really important and he's yeah. not on the screen and I don't know how he's doing right. it and it is some kind of black right. magic it is <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful and they the
0: way they filmed this by the way because a lot of times they wanted to keep the actors off of the set so that they could film the plant because they filmed the plant between 12 and 16 frames per second. Whereas normal filming is 24. Okay. So when there was an actor on the screen, they were acting very slowly and pantomiming very slowly so that it could look like the plant was actually talking Mm -hmm. when they sped it up and they did a fucking phenomenal job. job. Yeah. Oh my God. Because I believed, I still believe that plant is talking. I still believe that puppet is real.
1: I still believe because like there's like little details like in the plant where like the oh, yeah. lips will curve uh-huh. specifically depending on the tone of the way right. it's talking. The, it's like the lips of the plant is... have
0: like the wrinkles yeah. in lips, and you know, there's this little dip, you know, that kind of looks like a fang. And you know, you, you see the fangs inside then and then the the, the uvula piece, right. whatever. It's it it's real. It's real to me. It's movie magic and it's real. And I'll never say otherwise. But this scene, because again, you've got this power, you've got this forcefulness coming from Levi Stubbs and that fantastic voice of his, but you also get that note of creeping evil. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what he's telling him and it's outright evil, but it's also like, but you really want to. But, but you know, some Mm -hmm. people deserve to die, you know?
1: It's like, maybe you could do this, get something for yourself and also do some good. Right. You know, he, he, um, because he's offering money, fame and Audrey.
0: That's the big piece Mm -hmm. because he's offering the thing he's always wanted. He didn't want money. He didn't want fame. He wanted Audrey. And that was the kicker. Um, Seymour does balk at it for a minute. He's like, no, that's wrong. I don't want to do that. You know, I'll feed you hamburger because it's already dead, but you know, whatever. And uh, but then he sees Audrey, uh, Audrey get hit by Oren. Get the vitalis quick. The vitalis smacking her around. And that broke him. He was done at that point. I will absolutely kill for you. And he's going to be the one. Right. Oh, that switch was flipped. And it was that, that crescendo of the music when that happens is just powerful and And then the immediate duet right right oh shit (laughs) those two they were just and you wouldn't think
1: that rick moranis and levi stubbs (laughs) i know
0: but they they work so well together because now you've got this meek mild person who has exploded yes and he's angry and he's He absolutely wants to save the woman he loves. And this is how he's going to do it. Now he has an out. Now he has that way to fix things. Now he is
1: justified.
0: Yep. He has the reason to, one, get rid of the competition. Right. The means to get rid of the competition. And he has a shot at Audrey again. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And you know, for those of you uh, who may be younger or maybe not necessarily literary, literarily inclined, uh, the Faustian bargain is uh, from the uh, from the play Faust. It's the man who made a deal with the devil to get the things he wanted, and now he lives forever, but he lost the girl he loves. That sort of thing. So this is where this this plant, at least as far as we know, plant right. is offering him all the things in the world you know money and girls that's you know and, and he's never had those because he's a nerd and just again the sequence of hey i'm hungry to that guy deserves to die it grows and 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 it's wonderful
1: i love it <laughs> i want to jump in
0: okay go ahead this Sorry.
1: is a super nitpicky because i'm a giant fucking nerd yeah Faustian bargain is not from the play Faust. It is from the book that the play is based on called the tragical history of Dr. Faust. You're right. You're (laughs) right. I apologize. Again, super nitpicky. (laughs) And I realize it's just me being a a fucking weird literary nerd. Right. But there Uh, it is. And
0: and I knew it. I just, because I didn't write it down. I didn't think of it. So uh, anyway, in our next scene, Oren Scrivello, DDS, uh, Deals with a masochistic pa- patient in one of the funniest movie scenes ever. This they is Bill Murray. They, they were, were going fu- to fuck. You know, okay. And so.
1: I would have watched mm-hmm. every second because
0: Bill it. Murray was cute at that point. I would have done Mil- Bill Murray at that point.
1: Wasn't a fan of the hair, but could have yeah. gotten past it. Right.
0: So here's the deal with Bill Murray. They were originally going to get someone else for that scene, someone kind of generic, but Bill Murray was like, "I'll do it. I just don't want to be on the script." He, oh my God, he ad libbed. <laughs> he ad libbed every single word of that and changed it for every take. That's incredible. I know. Bill Murray,
1: I, I realized so that explains <laughs> some of Steve Martin's reactions. It, does. it really does. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because, like, some, <laughs> like, because I was going to say, like, Steve Martin is an amazing actor. Right. And I will not ever say otherwise. Yeah. But some of those things, was like, it's like almost too believable. I know, <laughs> and now I know why.
0: This woman, she's blind, but if you just let her feel your face, she knows it. What... <laughs> <laughs> like oh she doesn't God.
1: know you, but she knows your voice. Right. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
1: ad-libbed every fucking word,
0: every fucking word, and that I've always appreciated Bill Murray. I have. I, I've never, ne- I've never been a big fan of Bill Murray, but I've always appreciated him. Sure, and this just shows you the mastery of craft that he has. And he's really underrated. You know, you're really, I mean, yeah, he, he's, you know, done the, the nifty indie comedies where he gets to show off some of that stuff. Right. uh, Sisu and that whole thing. Um, But no, he, he, you know, since everybody just thinks of him as Ghostbusters guy and he's much more than that.
1: Well, there, there has been a meme that's gone around about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen it, um, but mad. it's 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 a story about Bill Murray
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it's not the person posting, it's a friend of theirs, so take this with kind of a grain of salt. Right. But this one has had, like, staying power, so I'm more inclined to believe it. Yeah. Where, uh, I don't remember where exactly they were. Not mm-hmm. super important. Um, But Bill Murray walked up took a few of the guy's french fries, looked him in the face, and said, no one will ever believe you. And then walked
0: away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh, shit! That's fucking amazing! (laughs) Bill Murray, if you ever hear this, if you ever hear this, people in Hollywood, because I know we have director friends out there, if you know Bill Murray, please make sure he listens to this fucking episode. Have him contact us, and confirm or deny. (laughs) Because fuck me that's
1: hilarious (laughs) and to be honest it sounds like something he would do i know because it's like it's really funny and it's kind of being a dick but in like a safe playful way right right i don't
0: think he's ever i've I've never heard of i mean i think he's like votes libertarian or something like that but you know no no one's ideologically pure these days right yeah that's Fuck it. That is like, that's <laughs> the kind of April Fool's Day joke that's just amazing. Right. It's like, you're not hurting anybody. You're just like playing a, t- a harmless prank. And in this case, Bill Murray's eating your fucking French fries. Bring those French fries home and like shellack them. <laughs> because fuck, dude, that's the best. So, oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> getting over Bill Murray for a minute. Oh, by the way, other thing about that masochistic character in the original movie, that was played by Jack Nicholson.
1: How old was Jack Nicholson in the original?
0: Twenty something. Nicholson's old.
1: Yeah, Nicholson's old. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he was like in my head, and I know that this isn't correct. In my head, Jack Nicholson is like permanently the Shining age. Yeah, like I've seen more recent pictures of him, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Where is Jack Nicholson? like for whatever reason in my head he's just like stuck he's stuck there in my head like steve martin is stuck in real life right (laughs) right um what is his name uh
0: dick miller was also in the original from gremlins mr futterman in gremlins mr futterman
1: oh oh dick miller
0: okay he was also in the original movie oh neat yeah He'd been working with Corman before. Roger Corman mm. just like... And this movie, by the way, before we get any further, this movie was made on a bet. Excuse me, the original was made on a bet. <laughs> Sorry, ooh, no. This one took $25 million. The original... Took, that's a hell of a bet. Yeah, took an already used set in two days. Two Jesus. Days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely just boom. Two days made this movie. Uh, in you want to talk
1: about somebody like flexing on a bet
0: Right, (laughs) right. And yeah, I mean, if you get a chance, that movie is like free all over YouTube. Please watch it. It's wonderful. It's fun. Um, And it was made in two days by Roger Corman. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Seymour, who is uh, in for a cleaning, quote unquote, has brought a revolver to shoot Oren, but he can't get himself to use it. Uh, Fortunately, Oren has a big thing for nitrous oxide and puts on his own little homegrown Venturi mask. That's the kind of mask that's used for CPAPs or oxygen. Uh, and asphyxiates himself when he breaks the intake valve uh, as he's dying. And this is people just think this is funny and it's throwaway. It's not. I think this is super poignant. I, I, um, what him dying? No, well, no, no, no. What he's saying as he's dying, because as he's dying, Oren asks Seymour, what did I ever do to you? Okay, for, I mean, you're an asshole, but Seymour in the coldest voice he's ever used replies, nothing. It's what you did to her. And then. Oren, showing that he's toxic masculinity personified, says, Her who? Oh. Her. And dies. That
1: I have not okay, so I this this scene mm-hmm. I have seen. Yeah. Um I have never laughed at this. Mm. <laughs> I
0: used to think it was funny, you know, when I was younger. Oh, because oh, he's just dying. It's like, oh, he's just realizing what he's doing and and but I never realized until
1: But I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, it's
0: not. <laughs> and, and and after I realized, you know, my own abuses in life and after I'd seen them and experienced them, now I know what that means. Right. And everybody should really think twice about those lines because they're not just funny throwaway things. They're super important because now it's not, it's Seymour claiming power and getting power back for Audrey. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's cold. It's brutal. Yes. But it's wonderful. Um, Seymour, after this, didn't have to do a thing, but get the body home and dismember it to feed the plant. Uh, unfortunately, he gets seen by Mushnik, who's terrified that he raised a serial killer. Uh, Mushnik, by the way, is actually um, basically in this film, in this version of the movie, uh, Seymour's adopted dad. Yes, in the original, Seymour had a mom, lived with her, that whole thing, but they kind of rewrote it to where he's basically an orphan. Mosey brought him in because he says so in the song "Skid Row," right? You know, uh, he's his dad, and now he's like, "Did I raise a killer?" He's terrified. Um, uh, because he's eaten so well, Audrey too is huge now, and Seymour finds out from Audrey that the police are investigating the sleazeballs' disappearance. Audrey blames herself because she secretly wished that he would disappear. And seriously, who wouldn't Uh, Seymour comforts her and they admit their feelings for one another via the song. Suddenly Seymour, which I hate. Really? It's a wonderful song. I do. I've just never been one for the power ballad. I I like it. I just don't like listening to it. Okay. You know what I mean? That's the part of the movie I'll skip because I know what's happening there. Sure. Um, That night, though. Mushnik confronts Seymour about Oren's murder and holds him at gunpoint, threatening to report him to the police unless he gives him the plant and all the rights to it. Uh, y'all know this doesn't end well. Seymour has no choice and backs Mushnik into the plant where he gets eaten like a goddamn White castle slider by Audrey II in the song "Supper Time. Um, yeah, there's a still a lot there too, because Mushnik, who is not the nicest person, Mushnick, but he
1: also isn't like inherently evil the way that not, Orin is.
0: Right. He's just kind of greedy. Yeah. You know, he, he's greedy. He's trying to run the shop and now he's got a taste of success and he wants it to continue. Right. And this kid is the source of it. And this kid is someone he has power over. And he doesn't realize that because of the pressure that Seymour's under, he doesn't have that power anymore. Mm-hmm. The plant does. The mm-hmm. plant has all that power and Mushnik can go blow. He can just, and he feeds him to the plant because you can't blackmail
1: me. I'm already being blackmailed. He does kind of like half acidly try and be like, just remember, the one thing that you shouldn't do mm-hmm. is, and then Mushnik leans into yeah. the plant mouth, like, what the hell is happening? And then chomp.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, and those legs, by the way, were mechanical.
1: Those, okay. <laughs> So there's two scenes where something like this happens. Uh-huh. There's Mushnik and then later, briefly, yeah. There's Audrey. Yep. The Mushnick ones were fine. Mm-hmm. The Audrey ones, not at no, all. Okay. No, they were like, not. <laughs> worst special effect in the movie: Audrey's legs and Audrey Two's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they had to do that because uh, the the
0: plant um, is made of basically foam rubber and Kevlar. Right. Um, and it's actually already super heavy, so they can't just actually have a person inside oh, it sure. when they've already got someone inside it controlling it.
1: Yeah, like so. I didn't expect them to put the whole person in there, but the right. the for whatever reason the Audrey's legs, um, they just looked like stuffed tube socks. They kind of did, and they were kind of like floppy in ways that they shouldn't. And I'm like, yeah, you could put like something in there and make them sturdier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it's it's like they didn't quite
0: shape out into a what a woman what you would expect a woman's legs in heels to look like right so but it, it was it was odd but yeah it, it's this is this is that transfer of power from mushnik to the plant right literally yeah. exactly <laughs> um and after this the success and guilt are wearing on Seymour and it shows uh during the song the meek shall inherit Uh, He gets offered money for a botany TV show, which is the first of its kind uh, at this point in history. It probably wasn't, actually. But uh, he's seriously overwhelmed, and he decides with Audrey to elope and escape the city with the advance coming the next day, abandoning the plant and Skid Row forever. Audrey, too, however, catches Seymour leaving and demands more fucking food. Uh, Really? Gluttony? Really? Um, Seymour agrees to go get him a a ground beef. At this point, because he's like, no, I'm not doing this for you anymore. You can learn to fend for yourself. I've already gotten you where you where you are. You can take care of things yourself. Um, this quite understandably offends the massive man eating plant. So uh, <clears throat> so Audrey, too, gets all sorts of petty and lures Audrey over to, quote unquote, water him. Now, there are a couple of endings and I, I love that. this. Ah, oh. so um, the theatrical ending. Uh, the one that was actually shown in theaters and released on videotape and sure. and, and dVD up until the most recent release. Uh, Seymour returns to rescue a half nod Audrey from the clutches of the dreaded greenery and gets her out of the store uh, explaining to her why he did what he did for her and how the plant wormed his way into her into his life. Frankly, I'm surprised Audrey didn't get super offended and leave at that point because now she knows he's he's a murderer right uh, um, but she loves him. And because we, she's already had experience with bad boys, this probably just gets him points in her book. Um, Audrey reassures him that she's always loved him. And as they're recovering, they're approached by a botanical uh, botanical company representative who wants to grow more Audrey 2s from cuttings and sell the saplings globally. Uh, Seymour shuffles him off to goddamn Buffalo, goes in to confront the plant. Uh, Audrey 2 bursts out of its pot, shows that he's a lot more ambulatory than anyone ever <laughs> thought he was, is already budding and is actually an alien looking for global domination in the song Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. This song is not in the stage show. It oh. was written specifically for the movie. Neat. They have done it in the stage show, usually during uh, the bows at the end and during the, ni- the 2016 mm-hmm. um, West End run um, during, the st- uh, during the stage endings. Uh, Vicky Vox. From DWV, uh, Willem and Detox and those right, guys. Right, right, right. Vicky Vox performed that song. Oh, in the credits there. Because I believe she was the voice of the plant in that show. Interesting. She's got an amazing set of pipes. So I am I have no qualms with her doing that. Um, Seymour electrocutes the son of a bitch and carries Audrey across the threshold in their tract house with the perfect lawn and the tiny, smug Audrey 2 in their garden. This is an ending that I love. Um... Because it's cute, it's and it just and ominous, yeah, and ominous. It's it's fun. It's not it's not over the top, you know. Downer ending. Everyone knows that I love a downer ending. Okay,
1: but I was gonna say there's a lot of explosions for it to quote unquote not be over the top, right? I I mean, (laughs) well, yeah, I know, but I mean, just like the the I'm
0: carrying you across the threshold. We're married and happy now. That was very cute. That's very very cute. The original ending and the play ending. The play ending is a little different from the movie original, ending. but uh, in the original ending of the movie, the plant attacks Audrey in the process revealing her, to her that he also ate Orin and Mr. Mushnick. Seymour comes in, pulls her from its jaws, but it's too late to save her, and she's mortally wounded. Uh, as she's dying, she tells him what the plant said about Orin and Mushnick, and Seymour confesses that he fed them to the plant. Audrey requests that Seymour feed her to the plant too, so that Seymour can earn the success he, re- uh, he deserves. In a Somewhere That's Green reprise. Uh, after fulfilling her dying wish, he attempts suicide by jumping off the roof of a building only to be stopped by the botanical guy. Uh, the name? first one. The first, right. Okay. Uh, it's actually played by a different guy in the first one, but they couldn't get him back because of scheduling. I can't remember oh, okay. who played him in the original ending. Um, but uh, it's revealed his, his name is Patrick Martin. Martin offers to reproduce and sell Audrey twos, and he's already grown smaller Audrey twos from one of the cuttings that he harvested earlier. Uh, Probably secretly sort of thing Uh, He also warns Seymour That his consent isn't really necessary Because plants are considered to be in the public domain Uh, Realizing Audrey 2 is planning global domination Seymour climbs down from the roof With the resolution to destroy the plant Returning to the shop, he confronts and tries to kill Audrey 2 This, by the way, this original ending stuff is straight From Wikipedia, I didn't alter this at all Uh, Tries to kill Audrey 2 Who tears down the shop, fishes him from the rubble And eats him alive the plant then spits out Seymour's glasses and laughs victoriously. Again, mean green mother from outer space. Then, the three chorus girls appear in front of a large American flag and tell, tell the audience how, although Audrey 2 Buds. What? Uh, tell how Audrey 2 Buds became a worldwide consumer craze, the buds grew into an army of monstrous plants who began to take over the earth. Uh, Giant Audrey 2 plants are shown destroying cities, toppling buildings, and eating people. The United States Army attempts to fight the Buds as they ascend the the Statue of Liberty. And Audrey 2 eventually bursts through the movie screen and presumably eats the viewers. In the finale song, Don't Feed the Plants. Which is nice. A wonderful song. It's, it's It's a great way to end this movie. And I wish they'd left it in. I really do. But as we've talked about this on the show before, because we've mentioned Little Shop of Horrors. Audiences in the 80s hated downer endings. Absolutely hated it. And Geffen wasn't... Geffen and Warner Brothers weren't going to allow the film to be released if they left the original ending in. Oh. Because audiences hated it. Because audiences in the 80s, because you're dealing with, you know, Reaganomics and the economic downturn and everybody's sad and blah, blah, blah. They wanted the happy. They wanted the happy. And and we got that happy with just that touch of ominous. Right. And Which was wonderful. It was a great ending. But... Uh, the play and the movie uh, end very similarly. Uh, only, you know, you can't do the the Statue of Liberty. Thing, right. Like, giant plants and whatever. Um, but yeah, it. I think that, I mean, there there's some serious heroic sacrifice there, but it wasn't a sacrifice to save anything. It was a sacrifice to just get out of his own pain. So I appreciate that they did change it. But I still like the original ending. <laughs> I still like the fact that the plant wins. I love the fact that the plant wins. It's, I think it's fantastic, and I want, really want to smack 1986 audiences for not wanting that. And I'm glad that they put it back together. They actually yeah, had, they that had is to, really neat. Yeah, they had to remaster it for uh, the the Blu-ray release. That makes sense for the anniversary release because a lot of that footage was just still in like black and white test mode. Oh yeah. So they actually had to go in and remaster it and and put it all back together. Um they had to do a lot of, a little bit of sound editing again. And they had recorded the original ending and it's actually on the soundtrack, but I think they had to do some tweaks to it. Mm, that makes sense uh, for that release. But um god, I love this movie. I love this movie so much. Oh, man. Um one thing uh, one other thing to to mention about the puppets. Um, because again This is Jim Henson Did all the puppetry for this uh, And continues to do that In the the big productions on Broadway And, mm-hmm. and the tours and so forth um, And the puppets are just amazing In this film uh, They used something like Like 12 different puppets mm-hmm. to, to represent various sizes of the plant uh, Not all of them were shown But they were all used in filming when it came to the very end, when it came to Mean Green Mother from Outer Space uh-huh. and, and the, the plants that were taking over the Earth, those plants, those puppets were 13 feet tall. They weighed about a ton. Uh, the, the one in Mushniks weighed about a ton. And depending upon what they were doing and what they were filming, took anywhere between 51 and 60 puppeteers. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, in army yeah of puppeteers just so that you got all of that wonderful movement uh and they tried to film like um like the scene where where he's getting a dime out of the cash register Mm -hmm. that scene took them the most reshoots out of anything (laughs) because they just they wanted it to look so realistic it was so hard to just get that one little tendril to do what they wanted it to do but then you know you've got them you know, like had the three little tendrils just tapping their, oh, tapping the fingers on the glass, that scene waiting for was Audrey. To, fantastic! I know. Uh.
1: Here. <laughs> dear
0: little lady, hello. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy! Oh, it's wonderful.
1: As you just hear the clicker, click, uh-huh. clicker, 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 and then he, like,
0: checks the phone ah! for, then he checks the phone for a dime at the end. You <laughs> see, if he's got change. Oh my god! But like, um. I always thought that the scene where he uh, the the little shot where they where he says, I'm going to bust your balls uh, during "Me and Cream Mother from Outer Space. I always thought that was filmed in reverse was not was filmed slowly, almost full speed again. But Rick Moranis did not stand still for that. That was a dummy. (laughs) They actually aimed a very sharp thing At a dummy's (laughs) crotch So just the artistry Involved in making This plant that in my head Is still real Right, In my head is still this Wonderful monster Um, This wonderful Talented monster Fuck Uh, Just thank you Henson, thank you For everything you do Because I still get sad <laughs> thinking about how you died. Yeah, um, but I'm glad that your your Brian Brian and Heather are keeping that tradition going and and keeping the company alive and doing those wonderful things with imagination. Uh, because the this plant, the Audrey too. This this is my third favorite movie mm-hmm. of all time, following Carrie and Young Frankenstein. This is my favorite monster of all time. I. It goes back and forth between this and Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love Creature. Okay. Yeah. I, I love Creature that. from the Black Lagoon, but that's also because I kind of I, I really love water. Mm. You know, and, and I love the idea of the Gill Man. Yeah. You know, but when it comes to a monster that's interactive, mm-hmm. uh, when I, when it comes to the 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 relationship with the monster, Audrey Two wins. Audrey Two
1: wins
0: every time, and that's because they made her uh, well actually genderless. Yeah. Made them. <laughs> uh made them made the plant come alive. You know, where a Gilman is a fantastic makeup job, it looks like a makeup job. Oh yeah. This plant is real to me. So anyway, that's oh shit. Um Damn, damn, damn. Uh, oh. Uh t- t- the masochist has a name. <laughs> his, his, the masochist, Bill Murray's character, is named Wilbur Force. Hmm. <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, I and the fact that they got in all those SM jokes, I mean, through the entire movie. And oh, still, yeah. And still got this PG rating. <laughs> Just amazing. Just, But, I, oh, shit this movie covers so many things like, like you feel bad for Audrey and her domestic abuse. Um, And and you feel you, you kind of almost get this understanding of, of why women stay
1: a little bit, a little bit,
0: you know, because they don't feel like they deserve better or they're told they don't deserve better by the men they're, they're dating or they're being gaslit into believing that they're not worthy of anything better. Um, You've got this desperation to get out of poverty which is the impetus for Seymour to just jump do in. Do anything.
1: Right. In this whole movie.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I will do anything to get out of this. And he says it. He says it in that song, yeah. Skid Row. You know? They're just desperate. Yeah. They're desperate for some happy. And the plant gives it to him for a while. But it's at a super high cost. And this movie is just magic it really is it's just magic to me i i love it so much i do
1: i can't stop gushing please say something please oh my god (laughs) yeah this this movie um so i i knew roughly the plot line as i said before even though i hadn't seen this movie um but a, a lot of what makes this movie magical isn't It's not the story. It's not the admittedly amazing musical numbers. It's, um, it's something that you touched on earlier when you were talking about Bill Murray Mm -hmm. one of the times. Yeah, (laughs) it's just an absolute mastery of the art for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Be it, be it, uh, the Henson Company and the puppeteers. Be it Rick Goddamn Moranis be it bill murray be it steve martin yeah be it ellen green like just everybody is performing at such a level it really comes across in this did i say the wrong name no
0: no no you okay. said the right name <laughs> but you forgot ellen green's tits
1: yeah <laughs> because
0: they really stole the scene for a lot of this movie they did and they continue, continue she did have a
1: fantastic rack <laughs> she did a fantastic pretty much everything yeah like even even the lisp which i don't know whether or not it was real yeah the lisp is something that she affected okay uh
0: one thing when she when when she when he introduces the plant as audrey too mm-hmm. she does that little high pitch high pitch squeak, squeak. i'm like oh that is so adorable Anyway, go ahead
1: um, but yeah the the lisp is it, there's a really fine line for something like that. Um, and ignoring uh trying to be PC, uh, at all, there's a really fine line with something like that between it being cute and endearing and really irritating, right? And this never crosses that line. No, no, this it is does not. it's like the, the sweetest, cutest little mm-hmm. just oh kind of thing you
0: you want to protect audrey through this whole movie yeah you do i mean because you see that she's a victim like right from the start not only not just because of her boyfriend but because of her general circumstances right you know you know she's a stripper she kind of mentions it she's like i have to wear cheap tawdry things. i'm like we know you're a stripper it's fine just yeah it's it's but you know it's we've been there like we have we've all been there yeah and you feel bad for her and you want to protect her
1: yeah so continue no, that was really it. Like everyone is just performing at such a high level, and it comes across oh, in yeah. this movie in a way that's difficult to describe. Yeah. Um, and like, and I mean, it, it's really just super enjoyable and fun to watch and see. Yeah, and and it's like Rick Moranis is not a great singer.
0: He's not, but you still enjoy listening to him. Yeah, he's not bad by any means either. Yeah, no, he's not bad. He's, he he's just kind of. You know, he's middle American, I'm singing, sort of thing. I'm not right. a pop star, I'm just singing on key. That's what he's doing. And that, you know, it, it's, I can and appreciate Especially for the role of Seymour, like, oh, yeah. that's enough. Right. <laughs> that is absolutely enough. There doesn't need to be anymore. No. Because we want to believe that you're this schmuck who lives in the basement of a floral shop in Skid Row. Right. You know, and Mr. Mushnik, in the original,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, they really were playing on the Jewish humor with him they were going super stereotypical they they brought it back they dialed it back for this one and i
1: appreciate that it was still there i was really concerned when you said brought it back i was like wow i missed a lot of it i meant dialed it back (laughs) it was it was still there it was a a bit of it was there but it was because you
0: knew that he was your stereotypical greedy person who happened to be jewish you know had the jewish last name it was never mentioned right it was never a thing it was he just kind of had that you know it was half, there. He had that half New York Yiddish thing. Going yeah.
1: On. It was there, but in like that. Not subtle, but subtle ish way that you would expect from a movie that came out in 1986. Yeah, that's kind
0: of slightly insidious. Sort yes. of way. So, but um, still, I mean, and all the cameos. The cameos oh, yeah. were just wonderful. I mean, John Candy doing that radio host thing. Just amazing. His hair alone. Right. Just God. <laughs> and again let's talk about that chorus uh, let's talk about our greek chorus because those uh, girls were fucking phenomenal
1: yeah from the the very like openings of the movie and mm-hmm. you see them it's like why are they all flawless movie has not even started, right <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know they, they, they're just and having experienced that sort of thing having experienced this movie made me appreciate hercules disney's hercules oh yeah quite a bit because it's the same kind of thing right you know you've got this church vibe you've got this this strong um i can't remember the phrase fuck r&b yeah r&b vibe to this music and they've just infused it with this soul and you want to listen to
1: them more and the thing that i think works in this that doesn't can't happen in hercules mm-hmm. is the transitions when they yeah. go from the incredible fucking doo dream girls right immediately switching because of movie magic right um to like the urchins who just live in skid row and right just are there and
0: they've dropped out of school and, and they're then, just
1: like kind of world-wise weary already and then like you'd see as the movie progresses they switch back back and forth between it and it's like Mm -hmm. oh
0: my god yeah it's amazing and then they you know they they just give them these wonderful songs to further the plot
1: and every song has a different outfit oh yeah oh yeah and And makeup job and hair job i really should have looked
0: (laughs) up the costume designer for this show because their clothes were gorgeous oh yeah they, they were the epitome of early 1960s fashion with your pencil skirt and your high heels right. and your sweetheart tops. Just gorgeous. I'm like, if I was a girl, I'd want to wear those <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I can't get away with them now <laughs> because chest hair. But, <laughs> but now it's like, I love that kind of fashion. Right. I love the way that looks on a woman. I love the way that it's body conscious. It hugs the curves. It it accentuates hips and allows women to have those hips. Right. And one of those girls was a big girl. And they absolutely just put her in the same thing. She was made to look as beautiful as the other two. And it wasn't even ironic. It was no. because she was just as beautiful as the yeah. other two. It was wonderful. And I the costume designing fucking fantastic and then audrey's costumes the same way you know she thinks she's dressed a little cheap i think it's wonderful you know it might be dime store but it looks good on her
1: right and it's dime store because you live in skid row girl right like we we know it's fine you still look amazing
0: right (laughs) right but Oh God, I, I literally could talk about this for weeks at a time. Do you have anything else to say before we go to ratings? I don't believe so. Oh my god. Okay. So ratings. Calm, Bob. Calm. <laughs> I, I can't stay calm with this movie. I can't. I love it. Um This movie is a classic, does give us that mid-century modern look and take on. On society at that time and even in the 80s because a lot of people were still feeling financial pressure then it was it was really apropos for that time um the the artistry again that went into this movie is simply wonderful um i i don't have anything else but good things to say about this movie it will always remain a favorite i watch it as often as i can um i was glad that i caught it on voodoo was it on voodoo is on I assume some,
1: that you own at least two copies of it physical. Uh, it so. was
0: on it was on the Roku somewhere.
1: Oh okay. Um, but,
0: um, I, because I didn't want to go downstairs and plop the blue the uh, Blu-ray into okay. my PS4. Right. Um, because I do have. Yeah, the Blu-ray. I assumed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i love this movie it is something that you can watch with your kids it's relatively kid-friendly there are some things your kids might have
1: questions about um and even most of those are glossed over pretty really quickly, are. like the the handcuff thing mm-hmm. um the yeah. the vitalis thing it yeah. lasts a few seconds yeah
0: it really does and it's scary and it's meant to be yeah you want it to be scary i, I was scared for her seeing that um but really it,
1: glad that they did that with shadows. Oh, just gonna yeah. just Ooh. gonna jump that in real quick. Yeah,
0: because yeah, and, and yeah, there is that abuse angle. So if it it might trigger, but it is very brief, very very brief. It's not it's not a full on in depth look at abuse. It's just a very very brief. This we is know that we know it's happening. Yeah, sort of thing. So, um, but this movie gets all the stars, <laughs> all of the stars, all. Of the the big, bright, beautiful stars where alien plants live and can come here that's what
1: that's what it gets. It gets all of them because I love it so much. <laughs> Go ahead I don't think I have a whole lot else to say about this movie um, <laughs> it's it's catchy like the songs are gonna get stuck in your head. there are ups and downs you you probably already know the movie, even if you don't think you know the movie. Right. Um it's really, really well made from every possible perspective. And I know I said that this earlier, and I'm gonna say it again, so deal with it. Just everybody, every performance in this, every every person, every person involved in designing, every puppeteer, mm-hmm. every lyric, it's all perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um there's it's a kind of fit that isn't common right
0: yeah and even the soundtrack just to interrupt yeah. you for a minute the soundtrack remember is what led to the disney renaissance mm-hmm. because it is that good it, uh, ashman and mencken were gods Yeah, you know mencken still is but howard ashman unfortunately passed in 1991 from AIDS. Mm. so that's it's sad and, yes. and he did win a, a a posthumous Oscar for Beauty and the Beast but yeah he was responsible for a lot of the music uh, for the music and um, the both of them mm-hmm. were responsible for Little Mermaid, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and which was a huge turning point oh my god yes in in Disney animation yeah
1: huge so anyway continue sorry um no I, I think I'm I, about at my rating I, I've got to give it just five out of five Maxwell House cans <laughs>
0: My little maxwell husky and it's so cute <laughs> but anyway kids know if you've never seen little shop of horrors go watch it go watch it you will never ever look at horror horror movies the same way again because we, we have taken something that is because the man-eating plant is something you have to be very very careful with very careful with because you can lose that um What's the term I'm looking for? The uh, suspension of disbelief.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Okay, you can lose it very, very easily, and you don't. Again, this, Not pl- this This plant is real to me. This plant is real. It's talking. It's singing. It's
1: uh, it's soulful. It's, it's budding, and its children are singing, and mm-hmm. it's weird. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you
0: haven't ever seen it, please go see it. You will thank you will thank me. You will thank Frank Oz. You will thank Jim Henson. You will thank Ellen Green and Rick Moranis. You will thank everyone that was ever involved in this movie because it is it is simply wonderful. So anyway, um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email email us at bob at dot com. I'm still trying to remember this. We're <laughs> It's been so long. Uh, you can visit the website at com. You can hit up our Patreon at candycoated. Uh, p- Patreon.com slash Um You can catch us on Facebook by searching for Razorblaze, And you can find us on Instagram at CCRB underscore podcast. We still have a Twitter, but I don't fucking use it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi, Marcy. You can come find me in our Discord. You can hit us up there or on Facebook pretty much anytime. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about. How much we Hate the Conjuring, so I can right. get that in this episode. <laughs> um, and we can talk about future picks if you uh, either are working on something and want us to promote it. We're super down for that. Totally. Um, or if you just want to wa- us to watch one of your favorites because we haven't talked about it yet. Feel
0: right. free. Absolutely, unless it's like the, the Covenant.
1: Because I'll still watch it because that movie yeah. is if that movie is uh, a hot pile of garbage, but right. it's a hot pile of homoerotic garbage, and I. Can, It's not good. You will not ever hear me say it's good.
0: (laughs) I'm not no
1: kids. Bye. (laughs) Bye.